The following podcast is sponsored by StructureTech. As you are aware, local home inspectors and contractors have identified widespread issues affecting stucco homes. Stucco specialists say moisture buildup behind the stucco has caused damage to the sheathing, the framing, and has compromised the structural integrity of many homes. You can't always see the potential damage being done. When moisture gets stuck behind the stucco siding, it doesn't have a way to get out possibly causing your home to begin rotting from the inside out. Until the stucco is removed, most homeowners don't know the extent of the damage that's been done. Simply repairing or cleaning the stucco doesn't fix the underlying problems and can actually make them worse. The real issue is how moisture is managed. It usually gets in around windows or where a roof surface meets a wall. This is Structure Talk, a podcast from Minnesota's most highly rated home inspection company, Structure Tech. We're the people who do home forensics and deliver the unbiased truth about your property. Structure Talk is hosted by our home inspection specialists, Ruben Saltzman, Tessa Murray, and Bill Ulrich. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Structure Talk, a Structure Tech presentation. Bill Ulrich here, as always, with my co-hosts, Tessa Murray and Ruben Saltzman. On today's show, we're going to talk about stucco, new stucco, air quotes, and adhered masonry veneer. It's this fancy new product that you'll see on a lot of houses that that looks like stone, but what it is is just a thin veneer. And we're going to talk about some of the issues that come along with this product. So jumping right into it, Ruben, can you take a minute here and just explain when we say air quotes and new stucco, what what does that mean? I'd say stucco installed from about 1990 on. I would even go a little bit earlier than that. Late 80s, potentially. Houses in the 80s. Sure. So how is new different from old? It's a lot of different things that changed and it's a lot of things that changed at the same time. And there's a excellent article by this guy. He's kind of known as, I don't know, the building science Mm -hmm. God or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) a lot of codes are based on stuff that he talks about. His name is Joe Stebrick. I'm going to put a link to the article on this Mm -hmm. podcast. Last name is spelled L. S-T-I-B-U-R-E-K. It's pronounced Stebrick. Starts with an L. And he has this one article titled Stucco Woes, The Perfect Storm. And kind of sums it up really nicely in there. But it's, it's talking about how we made a lot of changes to buildings all at the same time. And it's all of these things going kind of wrong at mm-hmm. once. Tess, you just read it before we sat down. Yeah, you, you I was were doing a little review right? on that. Yeah, and like you said, it. I mean, a lot of little things that have changed in the way that we build houses today that have just kind of created this disaster, <laughs> basically, with new stucco. You know, in his article, he doesn't mention anything about flashing details or roof overhangs or anything like that. And that's something that can also create problems with stucco and so I was kind of surprised he doesn't mention that. Okay I I haven't read it for many years. Yeah. I I need to bone up on that. But his highlights in the article were that kind of the properties of building papers have changed. So you know weather resistive barriers that we use today are much different than what we used to use back then. So like a tar paper versus, you know, a Tyvek or something like that. Okay, you guys are talking building stuff. Well, how about a 30,000-foot view? What What's... The materials are different. Yeah, okay, so what okay. goes behind the stucco is right. different today than what it used to be. Okay, so right? what's the application? Kind of lay it out in 30 seconds. 
Sure. Stucco sandwich. You're going to have the wall sheathing. Okay. OSB probably. We used to have plywood. It's, it's going to be OSB today. That was another it's, thing in his not, article too. Yeah. The change yeah. in the wall sheathing material. Definitely an inferior product. So you're going to have the wall sheathing. You have a water resistive barrier, WRB. That's going to be your Tyvek or tar paper. Something to keep water from touching the wood. Okay. That's your next layer. Next, you're going to have metal lath. That's what the stucco kind of adheres to. Okay. It's just a big screen of metal. And then you're going to have the stucco. You're going to have a scratch coat and then a brown coat and then a final coat. Basically three layers of Portland cement okay. smeared on the side of your house. Mm-hmm. That's basically how stucco goes on. And if we're talking about that, we should also talk about stone veneer. Yeah. As long as we're talking about this, the stucco sandwich of your wall, with stone veneer, it works exactly the same way. You have your sheathing, water-resistant barrier, metal lath. It's all the same so far. And then the last thing is you have stones that get stuck onto the house and then mortar in between them, maybe, depending on whether it's dry mm-hmm. stack or mortar filled. And it's the same material, basically. It's got a different look on the outside, mm-hmm. but it is stucco. And D- Joe Stebrick calls it either... Wh- Lumpy stucco. Yeah. yeah. All right. So how does this material perform differently than, say, wood lap siding or vinyl siding? Or kind of give me the lowdown on it. Well... Stucco will absorb moisture, whereas a lot of other claddings, like vinyl siding, repel water. They're a rain screen. So that's the big difference. Stucco, stucco and stone veneer are basically a big sponge on the side of your house. They're, they're considered what's called a reservoir cladding. They're going to absorb it. I've got a video. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll link to the video on this mm-hmm. podcast too, where I took a cup of water and I poured it up against a house. Sean's holding the camera mm-hmm. for me. I poured this cup of water up against the house and all the water just gets sucked right into the stone. And well, not the stones itself, but the mortar joints. Water is going to go right through this material. And when people put this on with the idea that this is a waterproof membrane, mm-hmm. that's where we run into yeah. problems because it's not. So why would you put a sponge on the outside of your house? Well, we've been doing it's it been forever. Exactly. Yeah. We've been doing it for hundreds of years, thousands of years, right? And in, in Joe Stewart's article, he's talking about ancient Greeks and uh, all these other cultures that used it. But again, there's been so many changes to so many different things, right? That's what's causing these problems. And one of the changes is the actual stucco itself and the, the properties of it and what materials are in it. It used to be water could travel through it and dry out through it easier. And nowadays it doesn't breathe like it used to. So water can't dry as easily. And a really important point here is that we're not talking about synthetic stucco. I mean, in Minnesota, we we basically don't have synthetic stucco. I mean, we'll have it on commercial buildings, but residential, it's all traditional three-coat stucco. And you'll get people who have homes built in the 2000s, the 90s, and and they'll say, oh yeah, well, my house is fine. My house is the real stucco. It's not that new synthetic stuff that we had all the problems with. Oh no, it's not that stuff we had problems with. It's the three-coat traditional stucco. That's been the problematic Mm -hmm. stuff. And I mean, Tessa, you're talking about reformulating it, yeah. but it's, it's still traditional stucco, even still though it got coats. changed. It just, the ingredients are different. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. So when, when someone says, My, I've got the traditional stuff, I'm going to pound the table. <laughs> yep, that's the stuff we've had issues yeah. with. 
Okay, we're going to take a break, but Ruben, real quick, I know you've blogged about this several times. Can you cite where anybody can find that? I'm going to put a link to it right on the podcast page, but if you go to Google and you type in Structure Tech and you include the word stucco, you'll find a ton of stuff that I've written about it. Okay, great. So when we come back, we're going to get into just explaining that line in the sand, old versus new, and what to do now. For more information on how we can provide you with the right information about your home before you buy or sell, contact us at StructureTech1.com. Are you looking for peace of mind when it comes to buying a home? StructureTech is on the case. At StructureTech, we provide a comprehensive menu of inspection services so you can make the most intelligent decision on your home purchase. We also offer radon testing, mainline sewer inspections, level 2 chimney inspections, and specialized stucco inspections. StructureTech, delivering the unbiased truth. Please visit us online at StructureTech1.com. You're listening to Structure Talk, brought to you by Structure Tech, the most highly rated home inspection company in the Midwest. Delivering to you the unbiased truth about your home. Welcome back, everybody, to Structure Talk. I'm Bill Ulrich here today with Ruben Saltzman and Tessa Murray. So we were talking about new stucco before mm-hmm. we left, and now I just wanted to, to come back and and let's talk about the, the nuances. I mean, it feels like there was this moment in time when it went bad. Why did it seem to go bad all of a sudden? Well, again, a lot of these little things, changes in the building materials we use, right? So moving from, you know, older houses, they had, what what do you want to call it, Ruben? Real wood used for wall sheathing, like planks of wood that came from old trees, old growth lumber. So that tree was naturally decay resistant. Yeah, it was just slices of a tree. Exactly. And when that gets wet, it, it doesn't rot like what we use today, you know, building composite materials, OSB, it's pieces of wood that have been glued together. When that stuff gets wet, it does not dry as easily and it rots. That's one thing. And then also, too, older houses, you know, they didn't use insulation. And so when walls would get wet, you had heat and airflow through those wall cavities and they could dry out much easier. The drying potential of walls today is greatly reduced because the amount of insulation that we have in them. Also, we're using vapor barriers and other things so that if moisture gets in that wall cavity, and we'll talk about how it gets in there in just a second, it can't dry as easily because it's full of insulation. So we've made these improvements in terms of making houses more energy efficient, making them more comfortable. Um, But now we've reduced drying potential and increased problems with durability. Yeah. And I mean, just just to make it really simple, if you want to make a super durable house, open up all your walls, pull all the insulation out and pull all the insulation out of your attic and you will have an extremely durable house. It'll never rot. You'll never have mold. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna it's gonna cost a ton of money to yeah. keep it comfortable during our Minnesota winters, yeah. but yep. that'll be a very durable home. Right. So big picture, you know, the houses that were built in 1900 all the way up until probably the 60s, the very minimal insulation, things started changing with the energy crisis in the 70s. People started insulating houses, trying to make them more energy efficient. And we also started using more composite building materials, you know, OSB, Buffalo board, all those things started kind of in the 80s and definitely in the 90s. So a lot of changes with materials and the way that we build houses. How do you think the aesthetics and architects getting into houses, it it feels like houses at a early on were just basic 
they they got the job done. They were walls and a roof, and now they seem less basic. Do you have any opinions on that? Is there a reason that we're seeing some failures? Is there? Oh my goodness, <laughs> do we have opinions on that? And I think we've talked about this in, in some other podcasts where we're talking about groundwater management. You go to any of these newer neighborhoods and you see all these roof lines where they you think about where all the water ends mm-hmm. up when it's raining, and they'll concentrate water into small areas. And the worst thing is where you take that water and you direct it against another wall on the home like i've got a video where the water's shooting down into all these valleys and then it actually hits the side of a window i mean it's just pounding the heck out of this window this was a new construction house new construction yes you should you should post that video on. i will post that too so it's all these different things concentrating water complicated Mm -hmm. roof lines lack of flashing proper flashing details like you were saying yeah are you trying to tell me they're not doing flashing properly in i mean a new house they're still they don't have this figured out well today i think we've got it pretty well dialed in but one of the most critical places for flashing and and, you know back up flashing is a piece of metal Mm -hmm. typically that keeps water from entering a wall or if water has already gotten into the wall it gives it a place to drain out one of the most critical areas is where a roof meets a wall the roof ends at a wall that's one of the biggest areas we find water intrusion and what you need right there is something called kick out flashing it kicks the water out of the wall that's been best practice for a long time now but it wasn't even required in the state building code here in Minnesota until 2007. Wow. No requirement for that. So, you know, when you say, are they doing it wrong today? Well, you're required to do it in a new home today, and they do a pretty good job of getting every one of them right. Every once in a while, a couple times a year, we'll find mm-hmm. where the flashing wasn't done right, but that's the exception. Okay. It's done pretty darn well today, but there was a long period of time where it just wasn't mm-hmm. done, or they do it, and they do it so it looked good from the ground, but they, it, it'd yeah. be useless. Well, and one thing they're not required to do today, but they should is gutters, right, Ruben? Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> or we already got into that on a different podcast. Yeah, but. yeah. Okay, so perfection is the key. Your, your house has to be built perfectly and then it has to never swell or move or change in size and there, there's no gaps that ever open up. But we all know that's not the case, especially here in Minnesota. We have a ton of contraction and expansion and movement over you know the seasons and such. It just feels like this new stucco is up against it from the get-go. Like there's no chance that it can succeed. When we come back, we're going to talk about what to do if you already own a newer stucco home or if you're thinking about buying a newer stucco home. For more information on how we can provide you with the right information about your home before you buy or sell, contact us at StructureTech1.com. Are you looking for peace of mind when it comes to buying a home? StructureTech is on the case. At StructureTech, we provide a comprehensive menu of inspection services so you can make the most intelligent decision on your home purchase. We also offer radon testing, mainline sewer inspections, level two chimney inspections, and specialized stucco inspections. StructureTech, delivering the unbiased truth. Please visit us online at StructureTech1.com. You're listening to Structure Talk, brought to you by Structure Tech, the most highly rated home inspection company in the Midwest. Delivering to you the unbiased truth about your home. 
Welcome back to Structure Talk. So Ruben, we talked about giving homeowners and, and home buyers some peace of mind. You just bought a house that has new stucco on it. I did. So how did you arrive at the decision that that was a good thing? Well, I was I was a little worried. I'm, I'm always more worried at when I'm looking at a newer stucco home, but I, I would never tell somebody don't buy one of these. My advice is get it tested. And I learned most of what I know about stucco homes from Barry Eliason Mm -hmm. and his company at the time was Private Eye Moisture Testing. And we referred him all the time. Us at Structure Tech would refer Private Eye Moisture Testing to do tests on stucco homes. And at some point, we ended up kind of combining forces and Structure Tech bought Private Eye. And so now we at Structure Tech do moisture testing. So when I bought this house, I made the purchase contingent upon the, the home inspection and intrusive moisture testing. And I had one of our guys, Antonio, go out Mm -hmm. there and do all the testing on the front wall to make sure that everything was still intact. And if it's all intact, my house was built in 2003. It's all intact now. I'm cool with it. I mean, if it's going to fail, it probably would have failed within the first 10 years. That's kind of the nastiest period of time. Is that a rule of thumb? That's a good rule of thumb. Okay. I don't think we see a whole lot of failure that starts happening past that point. So then once you get beyond that milestone, you're pretty much good to go. You're a lot better. I mean, I still wouldn't even consider buying a home without having intrusive stucco testing. And if I were someone buying my home five years from now, I'd want to get it tested again. I'd want to hire my own person to test it. So you're saying you wouldn't do just an infrared scan, Ruben? (laughs) Yeah, you know better than that. (laughs) When infrared cameras came onto the market, I thought they were the coolest thing ever. And we we thought this is gonna we're gonna buy these and we're gonna start using these instead of doing intrusive moisture testing. But turns out all that infrared cameras find is temperatures. Mm -hmm. They don't find water. So if it's actually wet and it's evaporating, it'll have a very different temperature. But if it's not evaporating, if there's simply water inside the wall and it's trapped there. It's going to be the exact same temperature as everything else, and you're going to completely miss a major issue with your camera. Or if it's dry at the time and the sheathing is completely gone behind the stucco, I mean, there's nothing there. Mm -hmm. Your infrared camera is not going to pick that up either. But when we do intrusive testing, and that consists of drilling a couple holes in the wall, taking a probe to stick it in there, we're going to figure that out. I mean, there, there's not going to be any sheathing to test. And we're going to say, hey, we got a problem with the wall. you got to open it up. So no, no infrared cameras yeah. test. So Tessa, when you're out doing a home inspection and you're at a house with new stuck on it, what's the information given to the clients? So to the person buying the house, I would say you definitely want to do an intrusive moisture test on this house. And it's really important to make sure that the sellers sign purchase agreement that allows that intrusive moisture testing to take place. So get somebody out from Private Eye or one of these companies, Structure Tech Now, because Private Eye is all us, but get somebody out from a reputable company who can Mm -hmm. do this invasive moisture testing. Okay, so I'm just going to throw it out to you. Do we worry about these older houses then? Is is there any concern from an inspection standpoint? I wouldn't say there's a bigger concern over older stucco homes than any other type of home. And I'm talking wood siding, vinyl, aluminum, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. I mean, any type of siding can experience water intrusion and have water damage in the walls. It's specifically the new stucco and the new stone veneer that I'm scared of. Those are the ones that worry me. There's nothing else that causes concern like that. So old stucco, I treat it just like anything else. You know, I was just driving around up north last week and we were up 
near Brainerd. And there's a lot of new cabins, newer cabins, lots of houses that were built in the 90s. And they have this product, this lumpy Lumpy stucco, as you were talking about it, all over. Or stone Mm -hmm. that's just been applied to wood chimney chases. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's some real potential for failures going on around the lake country. Well, Well, they wouldn't be the first. We've had a a lot of issues with it here in the Twin Cities and all over the country and Canada. Woodbury here in Minnesota has an actual report that they released on issues with new stucco houses, right? Yeah. Well, it's more than just a report. It's It's a position paper where they basically said they don't feel that stucco is a suitable wall cladding here in Minnesota. That was a very controversial paper when it came out. That's the overall finding? That's That was their conclusion. You know what? Yeah, I just seems... looked at that paper recently, and they have updated data on how many houses in Woodbury they surveyed that are new stucco and how many of them have had issues with this water intrusion. It's something like 58% of them have failed, and every year they find more and more and more. So that number keeps increasing from the time that this article was written to now. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Thanks, everybody. That was great information. Here's the bottom line. You can do your homework and have confidence buying these buildings. All you have to do is work with a reputable company like Structure Tech to go in and do the invasive moisture testing for you and work with a great agent who knows how to navigate these waters. You can have peace of mind buying a house with stucco or stone veneer on the outside of it. For more information on how we can provide you with the right information about your home before you buy or sell, contact us at StructureTech1.com.